passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the first episode of season three of the 90th percentiles. Your host, Jeff Ponce, alongside me, as always, is Matt Pajak. It's been a while since we to- uh, last spoke, Matt, but we're back and we're ready to go. We took the month of January off, as fancy people do. We went skiing in the Alps, etc. But uh, welcome back, man. We got a big guest today. Yeah, New Year's resolution. Uh, no podcast with Jeff in January. <laughs> No, that wasn't it. It was a dry January for you. (laughs) Yeah, dry January. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to be back. And uh, when you said you wanted to record today, there was only one name that popped into my mind. Nas Zanatello. I was like, what a what a better. There's no better way to get 2024 started on the 90th percentile and bring a Nas on. His hair is looking fresh, as always. As always. He's going to try some things in the offseason that we're not going to discuss on air with the hair. Yeah, okay, we can talk about that right now. Yeah, we're not talking about that. Um, no, Nas, it's a, it's a pleasure to see you. He's, he's coming at us live from the land of orange juice. You're already down in Florida. Yeah. And, and you know, he's he's coming at us live. And for the people that are only listening to this, he's at the beach right now. His <laughs> waves look beautiful back there. Yeah. I don't know if y'all can see or not, but I'm at I'm at the beach right now, like Coronado Beach. So pretty pretty lit over here. Yep, there you go. Appreciate y'all having me. Jeff, nice meeting you, Matt. Good to speak as always. Matt texted me on Tuesday. I asked what was up. I'm like, for sure, I'll hop on there. Ain't no thing. So let's get this ball rolling, man. That's it. Well, yeah. the first question that we ask everybody is and and, and I hope you've had a, a couple of these at least. I mean, you're a minor league baseball player now. It's a sandwich. Is, it's a food group for you. Um, you need to power rank these. All right. You put it on a 2080 scale if you feel like you're up to the task. All right. Uh, Jimmy Johns, Jersey Michaels, Subway, and Capriotis. Rank them one through four? Yeah, rank them one through four. If you want to grade them on the 2080, yeah, you can take a stab at it. There's there's people who have come on here and done worse, I promise. Uh, Capriotis. Actually, I never had Capriotis, but Subway is going at four. Subway, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> with a, a, solid, a solid 40, 45 on the, tw- on the 2080 scale. I never had Capriotis, Capriotis but it sounds good. sounds better than Subway. <laughs> on the 2080 scale. But Jimmy Johns and Jersey Mike's, I mean, Jimmy Johns at two, I'll get at a solid 55. And then Jersey Mike's at one with a 70. I just DoorDash Jersey Mike's uh, Monday night, actually. So Jer- Jersey Mike's is number one for me. What's the what's the go-to order from, from Jersey Michael's? What did you what'd you DoorDash over? Do you get it Michael's way? I don't like the cold subs. I got a I got a buffalo chicken with extra blue cheese. There you go. Switching it up. I think that is not having it Michael's way, but that's okay. No. Nizan's way. I think you had them in the right the right order. Yeah. With the exception of Capriotis, but you never had Capriotis. The fact that you put Capriotis ahead of Subway and you haven't had Capriotis, I mean that's 
Subway, Subway's not it. I haven't had Subway since like seventh grade. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, you were generous with that grade, despite not being a huge Subway fan, throwing a 40-45 on there. I wasn't going to give it a 20. You know, it's disrespectful, but it's definitely at the bottom of the list for sure. I'll give it a 20. A 40-45 might still be a serviceable big leaguer. <laughs> they've, they've done too much for sandwich culture. You can't. You can't just throw the twenty on. Yeah, you can't. As bad as it, as bad as it might be, um, for sure. Because even like back in the day, whenever they had like the vintage, the vintage paintings on the wall, that's nostalgic. You can't, you can't hate us. <laughs> I used to love just walking into Subway and just smelling a Subway. You like smelling it? Man, it used to smell so good. And then there was like a time in my life. It was sometime in college where I walked into a Subway and I'm like, I really don't like that smell anymore. Yeah. That happens. What do you say? What was a go-to Subway order? Oh, the go-to Subway, anything with, um, oh, man, what was Chipotle Southwest sauce on? <laughs> you like Chipotle Southwest sauce? Anything with the Chipotle Southwest sauce. So I get, like, a, the Italian urban cheese bread. Yeah. I'll get, like, a, either a steak or I do, like, the chicken breast. I make sure I get it hot, and then I would just throw everything on top of there. Right, be like lettuce, tomato, pickles, peppers, onions, as much as you could fit on there, and then just finish it off with Chipotle Southwest sauce. Just throw the kitchen sink in there, I guess. Hey, I'm just telling you, <laughs> back in my youth, I used to recreate Chipotle Southwest sauce in the kitchen. Wow, that was before I graduated to making actual meals. You were like the uh, you were like the original president of the Fast Food Secrets Club, man. You're taking out uh, Jordan the Stallion on that one. He's, he's coming for you on TikTok, Jordan. Watch yeah, out! I'm not coming for anybody on TikTok. We're gonna introduce <laughs> some controversy here. TikTok, stay off TikTok. Any kids listening to this, bro? Speaking of making sauce during um, FPP here in Florida in October and November, my girlfriend came down for a fall break and we saw a recipe on TikTok. To like the five guys grilled cheeseburger we started making that and we started making like burger sauce bro that's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> some mayo some ketchup Worcestershire sauce salt pepper garlic salt makes it real good with some relish chef's kiss bro 10 out of 10. hey hey i got something that you gotta add in there what up? get yourself some olives all right chop them real fine Mix that into whatever you just described there from a burger sauce. And you get that extra layer, you get a little bit of texture. Black olives. Black olives. When I was younger, I used to just eat black olives out of the can. Oh, I still I still do that. <laughs> I eat olives of all types. Like I bought, I just went to the grocery store like an hour ago and I bought one of those like big like jars of Spanish olives and I'll polish that thing off in like two weeks. Whenever you first said it, I was like, I thought you mean like green olives. I'm like, I'm not putting green olives in my burger sauce, bro. And my black olives, I can, <laughs> I can, I can do black olives. <laughs> yeah, black like olives green, are a little tasteless. Otherwise, I would think the, the oil. You think I'm putting olives green olives, olives in a burger sauce? <laughs> what do you think, think I'm Canadian or something? It was in there, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, man. How was the off season? How are you ready to go? Like, you well, first off, before, let's let's not talk about baseball off season for a second. Did you travel anywhere in the off season? Yeah, I had a, um, I had a couple short road trips out to Riverton, Illinois, about an hour, hour and a half east of St. Louis to see some family. Then I went um went down to Phoenix about a week before Christmas, also to visit some family. Then a couple short road trips down to SEMO to visit my girlfriend but other than that just stay home and train all season sounds pretty low-key yeah no it was it was chill you get any good eats when you're out in phoenix yeah it's a little bit of like a food mecca out there bro it is we were in scottsdale too so it was like yeah all the good spots were in scottsdale it was this brunch this brunch place we went to i forgot the name of it but i got like um like a pecan french toast fire and then for dinner we went to a place called steak 44 that was the best new york trip i've ever had i don't know about y'all but i'm a new york strip kind of guy and that was the best trip i've ever had yeah i can get down with steak i mean it's kind of nice being out here in colorado it's like yeah we got access to the, the finest beefs in the world 
Yeah, no, for real. Yeah. Not, um, not me, it's but I funny. definitely uh, I like all cuts of steak. I'm more of a ribeye guy, though. I like I like the fat right. flavor. Yeah, Jeff likes to eat the heart, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm Portuguese, man. I grew up in a household where people like made bunny stew. So <laughs> all those weird parts don't freak me out. I'm going to have to. I take inspiration in the kitchen from Action Bronson. I saw an episode of his YouTube show last week. And he was out in France and he was with this like high end chef and the high end chef is famous for not letting any part of the cow go to waste. So he was eating all kinds of crazy stuff. <clears throat> it's good yeah. enough for action Bronson. Is he still making that show? Is he making new episodes? I used to watch it like a couple yeah. of years. He's still making episodes. He probably yeah. lost like 200 pounds. Really? Yeah, he's like uh, him and CC Sabathia like, like train together. Yeah, he's big into like the the Hungarian uh, hammer, hammer, and then like the other the was the Bulgarian bags that you can like swing over your head. Oh yeah, the bags. It's all that like strength training stuff. You know, he's like he's trying to do like world's strongest man type of stuff or something. That's how yeah. he's training. But he gets after it. Like he legitimately has lost a lot of weight. Still, still gets after it in the kitchen as well. Eating, drinking olive oil straight out the bottle. Guy got to treat yourself, man. Hey, that's you a know. pro move. Exactly. So let, me throw, uh, let me throw. Let me throw my first question at you. I'm I'm based here in Boston, so uh, not a, not a diehard Red Sox fan or anything, but I am a big Celtics fan, big basketball fan. Obviously, I cover cover Major League prospects here at Baseball America, but yeah. I know that uh, you played for Justin Tatum, who is the father of Jason Tatum. You yeah. also had Al Nipper on your high school staff at Christian Brothers. Um, yeah. Did you get any sort of insight from either of them, whether it was from Jason directly um, or from Al, just about the Boston media dealing with the Boston market? Because it's a it's a different animal out here, man. Uh, no, not any direct insight from Jason or Justin about Boston insight. But Justin was like, "Hey, man, we get your money. Take care of your money." Like he. <laughs> He did say take care of my money, but Al, Al was great. He didn't give me any insight on Boston media um, from that standpoint, but just ins and outs about the Red Sox and how to deal with adversity while I'm in the minor leagues. He talked about that a lot, so no insight about the media at all from any of those guys. Yeah, you're probably uh, too early for that. It gets contentious here at times. Not necessarily the written baseball media, but there's a lot of talk radio that's very active, and uh, there's always – some interesting narratives getting pushed out there. So it's oh, right. right now it's not directed at the players anyway. So no, now it's directed at ownership almost entirely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> once, uh, once all the Heim stuff happened on Twitter, it, it was pretty bad. I had to stay off Twitter for a couple of days. I didn't want to see yeah. any stuff, but. Hey man, you're going to need a crash course on that media training. Cause there's a Red Sox Netflix special that just got announced. Let's go that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're about to be on that thing. Yeah, there was a camera crew there today. I don't know if it was for that, but I saw a couple of cameras around today. Interesting. So you're yeah, you're yeah. down there. You're down there right now in Fort Myers. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah how's, how is that going, man? I know we're not going to talk too much baseball stuff, but when did you get down there, and what sort of stuff are you working on? I got here um I heard Sunday at like five. Checked into the spot. Got a spot in Cape Coral. All the, all the older guys said it was a rookie mistake and getting a spot across the bridge for spring training. But it was the only thing I could find. I didn't, I didn't want to stay in the hotel, but it's the only spot I could find out here close enough to the field. Um, got back here Sunday. Everything's been chill so far. Like yesterday, I had a day where I had um, – I didn't have to get to the field until – didn't have to get to the field until about 11.30. Then I hit and was done at 12.30. So everything's been light so far. Not too bad. Yeah, it's good. And you're feeling good after – I know you got shut down after an injury there after, like, what, two at-bats in A-ball last year? Yeah. Got to learn how to run the bases where I can't, like, extend my leg to touch first base. That, that was my first – that was another rookie mistake. <laughs> Extending the leg to touch first base. I'm going to get there. Hey, yeah. details. Details, yeah. Nas. Got to pay attention to him. I had a little hamstring strain in low A. Got back and, like – Two weeks, three weeks, so everything was fine after that. Yeah, and then everything was good out in Instructs. And you went down to, what, the Dominican Republic? Yeah, I did. I had to go down to the DR for a week. 
that was definitely an experience. Um, we boarded the plane here in Fort Myers. It was like 60 degrees here. It felt nice. Flew to Atlanta. It was like 24 degrees there. So we got off the plane. It was freezing. Then flew down to the DR. Got down there. It was like 88 and humid. <laughs> we all had on like hoodies and sweatpants. We're sweating balls off. <laughs> down there was really nice. It was a, a, a huge culture shock. Um, just seeing what all they got to go through down there. Um, on the on the van back to the to the complex down there, we saw a scooter with like five people on it. So that that stuff is real. Like you always heard about it. Like you you laugh at it and you go down there and see it. It's like oh, like definitely should be laughing at this. Like this is what they got to do every day to provide and go to work and do whatever. So and just from a baseball standpoint, it was amazing working, being able to bond with those guys, speaking Spanish. Like my Spanish is a little rusty right now because I ain't I ain't been down there in a while, but just being able to interact with those guys, being with, with the language barrier, that was that was a huge thing for me. Just going down there to bond with those guys. Yeah, I don't know if you you had an opportunity to do it. I'm assuming they just kind of took you from here to there, from here to there, and that's it. But there's there's a gas station that's just outside of Santo Domingo on the way to all the different complexes. Yeah. It's called El Gran Parador. Yeah, no, I didn't see that. Seventy grade ribs. 70 gray ribs yeah it's like it's so famous in like the dominican scouting like anytime you go down there it's like people know about it uh you go in there it's a, again it's a gas station and they just have like a wall with all the famous people that have been in there like david ortiz is on there whatever but their ribs are insane do you know what animal the ribs are from they don't even worry about it it's, I think it's got to be pork, but yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know for probably, sure. It's probably pork. Yeah, it's probably pork there. Almost certainly. Hey, the last time I was down there, I had um, I had some like stewed goat. That was real good. Oh yeah, we had that for lunch one day. It was fire. Yeah, I'm yep. having goat. It was it was amazing. Curried goat, all that stuff. It's so good. There was a um, there was a group down there the week before us, and they were like, "Bring Cliff bars, bring whatever, because if you don't like chicken and rice, you're not gonna eat." I was like, bro, I love chicken and rice. What? <laughs> Next day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, chicken, rice, avocado. Chicken, rice, pinto bean, avocado. I was like, all right, yeah. Like, I am starting to get burnt out of the chicken and rice. Yeah. I got to ask, uh, if you had you had the stewed goat, was there anybody that you were with that was like, no, nah, I'm not cooking that? Yeah. Whenever I went, it was me, me, Justin Raymer. Adam Bates, he's an Australian signee. Uh, Drew Earhart and Caden Rose. Caden Rose, Caden Rose, he's, he's an Alabama boy, so he yep. wasn't he wasn't messing with the food that much. <laughs> anything that was anything that wasn't like white meat, he wasn't. He was like, oh no, I'm not that dude. Like there was like two nights he didn't eat just because it was like stew goat or something. I don't know the name, but it, it was good to me. He didn't touch bougie. Me. Those bougie Alabama boys. <laughs> He was like, dude, I would tear some raisin canes up right now. We're like, bro, we're here right now. Lock I, <laughs> I would I would trade every time I've had raising raisin canes for curry or stew goat. I'm not even lying. Yeah, no, I'm not outside the sauce, man. I, I think canes is super overrated. Yeah, I, I'm gonna hit you. I, I think Zaxby's is better than raising canes. I mean, I know it's basically I the agree. same thing, but canes yeah. got better toast. Like if Zaxby's had canes toast, that would be that would like silver deal. That that's literally the only thing, right? And if you're sitting thing. here and you're like, what? It's what irks me about it is it's like people are like, yeah, but the toast and the sauce, and I'm like, but the chicken's so dry. <laughs> no, the chicken's bad at canes, bro. You know. And then if you don't get a fresh batch, like the breading just falls off. It loses slides off the chicken. Yeah. Yeah, I had it for the first time driving through Tennessee on my way to North Carolina for Christmas. And I just like posted up, I picked like a random corner in downtown Knoxville and I just parked my car right there. And I just pulled it out. I'm, I'm eating in the, sitting in the trunk of my car on a corner. There's like homeless people walking by. There's like an underpass right there. There's all kinds <laughs> of different illicit activities happening in broad daylight. I'll rob you for your chicken tender, bro. Yeah. I was just sitting there and I was just, just eating that chicken. And I was like, you know what? This is what people go crazy over. This raising canes here, and it's exactly what you said. Like the chicken's fine, 
fries or whatever. I didn't even finish the fries. That's when you know the fries or whatever because I was hungry. Yep. Uh, the sauce was fine. I was sitting there. I was like, yeah, I mean, honestly, I just come here and get the toast. But sometimes coleslaw. Coleslaw is fine. But it's it's tough to really like jack up coleslaw unless you throw like raisins in it or something, you know. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's people from Alabama listening to this, but I, I think it, like I know enough people from Alabama at this point where it's like if you are from Alabama and <laughs> when you grow up, there is a much bigger like learning curve on food and adjustment period to like get on get on board with everybody else, like in terms really? of in terms of what's good. Yeah, I think like Alabama is just so far behind. It's kind of like graduating like high school. And like, you know, you're three math classes behind, but you go to college and it's like you show up and everyone's already done stats and you're just like, ah, I did algebra too. You know what I mean? But like in, like in food, you know, one right? of my, uh, you, you got to work on Caden. <laughs> you know, one of my boys at Mizzou right now, his dad went to Alabama. So he went down there for like Christmas or whatever. He came back and like, bro, I gained eight pounds. Like I didn't have anything but steak, burgers and Dr. Pepper. I was like, you been out for like 10 days, bro. He's like, yeah, I didn't have anything but steak, burgers, and Dr. Pepper. I don't hate that, but that's probably not the best diet. Yeah, sure. not, not a wide palate at all. Hey, Let's, when I first uh, moved to North Carolina, I, I got hooked on sweet tea. And everywhere you go, the sweet tea, they come out, and it's like this big, and it's free refills. And if you get like halfway done, they come out with another big one. <laughs> they never even finished the one. Yeah, that's it. So like after like a couple of months of drinking sweet tea, I'm like, I'm off this stuff. Like as good as it is, like I'm I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die sitting here drinking sweet tea. You had to switch to water. Yeah. Water. You ever, uh you ever had a cookout milkshake? Oh yeah. Are, are they as thick as people say they are? Yeah. They're bad. No, they're good. They're, good, they're just thick. They're thick. Um, it probably takes like five, ten minutes like holding it to warm it up enough where you can actually like sip that thing, but <laughs> let me say there's like 45 50 different flavors and you can mix them right so like you know me being a creative mind i just go in there and i'm like all right i'm gonna come up with something that nobody's ever had before right and uh i do like a so there's a black cherry shake that has actual pieces of black like black cherries in it and then right, they right. got a like a snickers shake so i get like a black cherry snickers shake and that's like I mean, it, with the cost of milkshakes these days, like the milkshake economy in, in 2024 isn't isn't particularly good. You know, it's like, oh, 10 bucks for a milkshake, whatever. Go to cookout, you get that milkshake. It's like five bucks. I've never been to a cookout. I've never even seen one. It's like straight ice cream, apparently. Like you, you can't, you literally can't drink the shake. You can't, you can't. No. You have to get like a metal spoon because the plastic spoon is banned. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's very real, but. You know, when you get that first opera, I mean, what, like, say, do they have them in Salem? I see in New Virginia, but I know they got them in North Carolina, um, Louisiana. You might see it in Greenville. Yeah, probably. You use like, Greenville? Like, yeah, I'll go out. Hey, take notes. Right, Black speak. cherry Snickers shake. Man. I've never doubted you on food before, Matt, but this one, this might be pushing it too far. I think you got a little too creative, dude. You know. No, I'll tell you about the time I got a little too creative with a shake, and then we'll move on from this because I really don't want to talk about this any longer. I feel like we've we're like twenty five minutes on food. I say we just keep going. Yeah, we're I'm hurting people's ears at this point. No, so I went to cookout, and so I I used to do this thing. Being from Massachusetts, I used to love the watermelon roll from Friendlies, and the watermelon roll was like this: you go to the grocery store, and it was almost like an ice cream cake, mm -hmm. but it was shaped like half a watermelon, and it had like watermelon sherbet with like like chocolate chips to be like the seeds and it had like lemon sherbet you know for the rind and then it had like a green like dusting over it so that it looked like a watermelon so you get a slice of that it's a watermelon roll right so i was like all right the watermelon sherbet there is so good and then what i would do is i would mix that with like chocolate chip ice cream and it would be like all right so you get like the vanilla you get the watermelon you get the chocolate chips Nas's face right now is like so anyway I, so the first time i go to cookout and i realized i combine flavors i get the watermelon shake and i mix it with chocolate chip well what i didn't know is that in huge mistake don't ever get the watermelon shake just in general at cookout because they put actual pieces of watermelon in there 
Oof. Yeah, right. so I, I get like this shake, and it's like half chocolate chocolate chip ice cream, and then half like actual chunks of like real watermelon, and it's not like quality watermelon. It's just whatever it's whatever they got. It's just yeah. I mean, it was not my not my finest moment, but um, yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. that for sure. Definitely too creative. Yeah, a little too creative. Anyway. Um, with milkshake. Nas, I, I got a question for you. Do you have any questions for us? interview. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website. I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I sent you those cleats. Got update on the on the cleats with the painting. Update on the cleats. I just finished a pair and they went out in the mail on Monday. So you are next up. Bet. Bet. Yep. So uh, still shooting for. I'll try and get them to you by the beginning of March. But you know, yeah. just That's what we're gonna go for. Hey, you were prepared. You had a question for us. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you think you could beat Jeff in a rap in a rap battle? A rap battle. Yeah. Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know enough about him. Like, I didn't know what about is off the top. No, I don't even think that matters because yeah, Jeff is a, a former underground rapper. Really? Yeah, a long time ago. Like, yeah. no, we're talking like a long, long time. We're talking like we're talking like the early 2000s. Yeah, I'm 40. I'm 42. So, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not beating Jeff then. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff got this one. Yeah, you ever see uh, Entourage? Not a rap generation. I started it. I didn't get too far into it, but I started it back at FPP. Yeah, Jeff used to run with the real Saigon. The real Saigon? <laughs> <laughs> the actual Saigon that was on yeah. the show. He was good, man. And then, like, he did Entourage, and I think everyone thought he was corny because he did Entourage. So, yeah. kind of, kind of killed him. He was like, came out of jail, and it was kind of like the same sort of path is like 50 cent was on at that point yeah. and and he like didn't pop at all for whatever reason didn't yeah. make an album with static selective though that they recorded in a day that was pretty dope but the first time i saw it um after practice one day i went back to roman marcello and uh, max ferguson's crib 
they had a spot. They were just watching it. I was chilling, watching it with them. I never heard of it. And the next day, one of our uh, clubbies, RJ, he was like, bro, no, have you ever seen Entourage? But that show was like fire. I was like, matter of fact, I just saw it yesterday. I'll, I'll get deeper into it now because everybody's talking about it. <laughs> Which, it, was, it was cool for sure. Yeah, do you think Marcel looks like Vinny Chase? Uh, I see it a little bit. It's not like identical, but I see it a little bit. Yeah. Hey, you know what they say, the bigger the head, the bigger the star. I, dude, I, I saw well, that. It's a big head. Nas Zanatello, big, big head. There's my head. That's small. It's lying behind the hair. My head is small, bro. Hey, you, you, you don't want to say that too loud. Bigger the head, the bigger the star. Uh, that's hilarious. I saw him at the Futures game, and there's like we do an event prior to the Futures game. You know, hit this year, and you'll probably get an invite. Um, Are you saying Vinny Chase or Mayor? Mayor. Okay. So. So he rolls up and like, there's some guys that are like nondescript. Like when I saw Clayton Beater, he could have just been like some dude from Texas in a cowboy hat. You know what I mean? And then you see mayor walk up and it was like, oh, okay. It's Marcelo mayor. Cause he looks exactly like Vinny chase. I thought it was him. <laughs> it was like, dude, like it's, it's, it's uncanny a little bit, you know, like the cheekbones, the face structure might be a little bit different with whoever the actor is that played that guy. Um, but it's the same. It's the same deal. He's leaning into it with the hair too. Yeah, he, he, he was. He's, he knows. he's watching Entourage at the crib. He knows. Renier. Yeah, yeah. Watching it. Right. He, he, he probably, might be thinking he's watching himself on TV. No, so Maybe he's probably trying to be like Vinny Chase watching it. But he, he do got a like distinct look because Monday Monday we had physicals. We're all wearing like it's like plain t-shirts, Lulu sweats, slides. He come in with like a full Zara outfit, like a. A, a knit polo, like the top button down, some khakis and like Gucci shoes. Like, <laughs> bro, we're getting physicals. Like, what's good? <laughs> he's ready, man. He's ready. He's ready for the big leagues. He's got the he's got the Gucci loafers, man. You know how it goes. I was like, wow, he got it on though. That's crazy. That's funny though. Yeah, it was, hey, it was- uh did you know that you were going to the Red Sox before the draft? Um not necessarily. Like there were talks about it just from the workout I did with them um, down in Weatherford, um, but it wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to the Red Sox, like for sure. Yeah, I just had to sneak that one in there. What was uh, what was what was draft day like for you? Um, you weren't you were at the draft, right? In Seattle, I was in Seattle. I went to the future. yeah. I think I was scrambling around in that media scrum trying to track all the picks and waiting for max clark to get onto his interview two hours later so i might have missed it but what was what was the draft experience like for you going out to seattle i don't know if you've been out there before i had and it was a it's definitely different from other places i visited just in terms of how it looks and kind of an interesting downtown area so how, what was that like for you and the family you know that was my first time in seattle that was my first time in the whole like pacific northwest mm. i'm saying with my family like they've been to san francisco before just to visit family but first time in seattle um First day down there, we just kind of walked around downtown. Like we went down to the uh, the Pike Market, yeah, fish, uh, went to eat in that uh, LeBeau area back there. I forgot the name of the restaurant, but like behind all the parkers, there was like yep. a boat. They opened up the lunch. We ate there. I mean, just being there, experiencing everything, like the Futures Game, All Star Game, Home Run Derby, um, being able to talk to the media. Like that was my first taste of Boston media. And whenever you said, it, I was like, yeah, I got a taste of it, but I didn't know. About it. The very active radio talk shows and stuff. No, you got Alex Spira, who's the man. He's like uh, the best writer in Boston. Yeah, which and everything was great. Um, Being in the green room was definitely like nerve wracking. I'm kind of shaking up thinking about it, but uh, just seeing everybody go and guys leaving the green room, coming back into the green room, it was definitely an amazing feeling. Um, My boy Charlie Soto was there with me. So once his name got called, I was extra happy for him. Same with Noble Meyer, guys in my draft, guys in my high school graduate going. So that was pretty cool to be there with them, experiencing that firsthand with them. So everything was great. When you were walking through the market, did you try any of the Rainier cherries? I, I, I ran down there a couple of days, and the first day I ran down, I was staying over like other side of the town near uh, the Amazon campus. It was a couple miles. I get down there, and I was just looking for something to drink. And they had these cherries everywhere I went, and I was like, "Well, if the cherries are a big deal, and I'm unaware of it. I gotta, I gotta grab some." So yeah, I no. grabbed them, and they they were incredible. 
think they're rainier cherries. You know, we didn't get any. Oh yeah. Where were they? Like in the shop? Yeah, like when you're walking through like the the market there. Um it's like you have like the fish guys that throw the fish and do like all that stuff. Uh-huh. And then like there were like all these cherry dealers like over on the side. Yeah, nah, no. you saw you saw Nas's face when I was talking about putting cherries in a milkshake. He doesn't like cherries. <laughs> no, I like I didn't get any reindeer cherries. <laughs> but funny story from from Seattle. Uh on the way to the futures game. They told us that we could catch like the little like the little train bus shuttles or whatever in downtown Seattle. Like, yeah, you can catch these, whatever, take them down to the stadium. Me and Charlie were waiting for like 10 minutes for one. None stopped. Like, how are people getting on these? Like they didn't stop. So then we were waiting for like the all-star game shuttles. They said they would take us to the thing. None of those came either, because I guess they were transporting all like the futures game players and everything. So Charlie and I walked from the hotel all the way to the stadium. It was like a forty, like a forty-five minute walk. Oh man, yeah, and it's like you're like, like the highways and stuff were weird too to get to the stadium because it's kind of yeah. separated from the city. The highways are like back streets. It's like yeah, the back streets to get to the highway. But no, we were like, should we just wait? Like, we already been waiting for forty minutes. Forty minutes, we could just walk there. We were like, screw, we're just gonna walk. But yeah, no, that was definitely. That hey was man, I don't know if you saw anything. Seattle is a weird walk. It is a weird walk. It's a weird one, man. Like I, I ran and walked around the city all day because it's like we have stuff to do. I'd write my stories, and then we would have like these four-hour, five-hour periods of time between like events and stuff. So I'm kind of just like trying to fill in the gaps. Yeah. And so I would walk around, and it was the same. Like you would be in this like really nice neighborhood, and then you'd walk down the road, and there was some dude like the sitting night. there with like you know who pooped his pants. Like not kidding. <laughs> yeah. We went to the. Uh... My family and I went to the needle. We went to the top of the uh, like the space needle. Yep. And we had to stay on one side because out of the like the other side, we went at like five o'clock. You couldn't see out of it because the sun was just right there the whole time. Yeah. So we stay on one side, you can only like see downtown. We couldn't see the mountains and water and everything. But it was it was nice. Yeah, the surrounding area is super beautiful. It's yeah, like- everything's so lush because it rains there. So it, yeah. You got like the bright blues, bright greens, and. Like the city kind of flows, but hey, yeah. man, this this one time I was walking through downtown Seattle, I had a similar experience to you. I was it was about a mile walk from the hotel I was at to T-Mobile, right? <clears throat> so like me and I was with an intern, and we were walking. We got about halfway there, and then you just start to like feel the ground shake, and I'm like, what's going on here? We're just like down like a like a street that like cars can't go down. It was kind of like blocked off. There were like restaurants on either side, whatever. So you just hear like this, this like rumbling. And then I like turned around and there's like 60 people on bicycles, every type of bicycle you could imagine. Like the, the one with the big wheel on the front and the small wheel in the back, like flying had, Dutchman. Somebody was on a tractor, definitely like a tandem bike. It was, it was everything you could possibly imagine. Someone was on a training wheels, whatever. And they come around the corner and it was like the eeriest thing because it was like, they're all on bicycles and it's like a little bit goofy looking, but at the same time it was like really intimidating and they all had like these deadpan straight face looks. And I was just like, this is Seattle biker gang right here. And they're running up on us. And like, if we didn't move, they would have ran us over. So like we quickly like darted and we like got up against a wall kind of like this (laughs) and they just went by. And I'm telling you, like it was like the sun was out and then like they came around the corner and like cloud crossed in front of the sun. And then they left, and then the sun came back out. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, all the infrastructure there is, like, different, too, because downtown, like, the whole thing was, like, going uphill. So all of yeah. them were, like, had to be round, and they were shaped differently. That was my first time I've ever seeing anything like that. So do, you know, like, do you know about the city under the city? Mm-mm. Google that. Seattle is built on top of a city. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, the first time I was walking to dinner – I looked down through like the the storm drain grate, and there was someone walking under me. Hmm. Google that one. <laughs> you wanted your you wanted your controversy on this podcast, man. I think we found it. We insulted yeah, you, you the entire food palettes of the people of Alabama, and now we're uh, we're unearthing the secret city of Seattle. Yeah, yeah last last thing on Seattle. When you said that you uh, you went eight down by where the boats were at, are you talking about the piers? Yeah, yeah. So the the one time I went down to the piers, 
I don't even know when it was. And, and I promise you the San Antonio Spurs were not in town. And he might have been retired at this point. I'm walking and there's like an outdoor restaurant right on the pier. And I'm walking by the outdoor restaurant where the outdoor seating area is. And it's Manu Ginobili. I mean, you can't miss that nose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah so I, we walked right by Manu Ginobili. I'm like, Manu Ginobili. It was like July. <laughs> Strangest man. thing. Seattle is trying, just a strange town. Trying to bring the supersonics back, you know. That's what he's doing. That's it. But, you know, great memories. Great memories there for Nas. Seattle, he holds near and dear to his heart. Yeah, definitely. We're trying to get food. Trying to get food after the draft was probably the worst part of that night. Oh, it wasn't easy. Out, yeah, we didn't leave the stadium until about 10 o'clock-ish. Like, I spent the whole day at the stadium, which was cool. Well, we didn't leave there until like 10 o'clock. Went back to the hotel to make some calls, talk to people, set some things up. And then we got back out at like 11, 11.30. We had to walk. We had to walk everywhere. So we, we found a spot not far from like the Pike Market, like Wings, Bar and Grill. It was something, something Bar and Grill. But I got a patty milk at like midnight. <laughs> I feel like I was in heaven. I took my first bite. I was like, oh man, this is what I needed all day. <laughs> patty yeah, milk it was, was a like Sunday too. And like everything was closed because there was like stuff around the stadium, even that we were going to go eat at after we got out of there, maybe. 8 39 o'clock and yeah it, it took us probably like an hour to find any place to sit down and eat yeah and walk around for a while there are hotels that had like bar and grills inside of them but after a certain time we had to be 21 to eat and it was like me and my little sister yeah like we could we wouldn't have been able to eat because it was at a bar but you know, we finally found a spot and i'm glad we did that patty milk was much needed it's divine <laughs> Well, uh, I got to ask you about a St. Louis food spot. All right. All right. So recently someone has told me about this. It comes highly recommended. Have you heard of Grace and Three Meats? Grace and Three Meats? I've heard of them. You heard right. of it? Just write that one down next time you're home. No, my son walked in the door, so I was just signaling to him. <laughs> Uh, I thought you were counting. Yeah, like yeah, I've had it. Grace and three. It was like a um, like a deli or. No, apparently it's like Adam Wainwright involved in it in some capacity, but uh, a, a certain area scout that you're familiar with uh, told me that it's some of the best chicken he's ever had in his life. So I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, you're gonna have to check that one out. But the mom go check it out. Yeah. Jeff, you got you got any more questions here? I got one more. That's a, that's an absolute banger that we're gonna go out on, but I'm gonna save it for last. So if you got anything before I drop this, you bomb. know what, man? Now that you teased it like that, I'm gonna scrap my last question and I'm gonna hand the mic back over to you, man. And let you let you drop the banger on us. All right, <clears throat> fifty eagles, ten alligators, three bears, seven bulls, fifteen wolves, ten thousand rats, five gorillas, four lions. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. Okay. Then you can only pick two of them to be on your side, and then the rest of them are fighting against you. All right. 50 Eagles. Yeah, you might want to write this down. 50 Eagles. All right. 10 Alligators. All right. Three Bears. All right. Seven Bulls. 15 wolves, 10,000 rats, sleeper pig, sleeper pig, five gorillas, four lions. All right. All right. So you can draft two of them to be on your team, and then the rest of them are fighting against you. Mm. I want to pick the rats so bad, but I don't know what they can do besides just like nag you. I got to think about this one. Yeah, think about it. Jeff, you think about this one too. It's a question for all of us. I'm going to send it in the chat so you can see it, Jeff. 
Yeah, I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna start off with the alligators because they're such aggressive animals, and uh, I feel like there's enough of them that they're gonna take a big chunk out of the rats. Frankly, um, you know, it, for me, it's kind of a decision between the bears, the lions, or the gorillas. Are these silverback gorillas? They can be. All right. Well, the silverback gorillas, man, are super aggressive. Um, they have some teeth. They could, I feel like the silverback gorilla could take out the bears. The big question for me is the silverback gorilla versus the lion, which is much faster than the silverback gorilla and still has like some strength, you know? So it's, it's kind of like a battle of athleticism versus, uh, versus just pure, pure strength and, and, and aggression and power, you know? Um, so I think. I think I'm going to go with the gorillas just because I like, I like the gorillas, you know, we're both primates. We're kind of close, you know, cousins. there might be some kinship there. I don't want to kill them. Definitely um, cousins. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the gorillas and the alligators. I, I consider the eagles to have like a land and, and like air sort of attack, but um, I'm not going to do that. I'm a little worried about, about the eagles. I feel like they'd be good with the rats, but, but not necessarily do enough damage on the gorillas or the bears or the lions. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the fifteen wolves and ten thousand rats. Because yeah, I feel like the wolves they gonna hunt in packs, but they gonna they gonna be able to kill the gorillas and the lions. They hunt in packs. They're they're cunning. Alligators are too slow. They can't turn around. So two wolves can kill an alligator. Um, eagles can't kill a big animal. Yeah, they get the rats, but they're not doing anything to a gorilla or a lion. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say wolves and rats because ten thousand that's a lot. That's like a whole tsunami of rats coming at you. You can't you can't do anything with about ten thousand rats. Jeff, Jeff, did you say you took the alligators? I did. I did take the alligators. That's just a bad pick. I think I, bad right. pick. My squad, my squad is four zero sweeping your squad. I don't know, man. I think I think the thing that you're not considering is how tough it is to penetrate in alligators uh, hide. I don't think you understand how. <laughs> ten thousand rats. Like, yes, an alligator can eat. Like, ah, it's ten thousand rats. Listen, ten thousand rats. Once one animal the dies, the rats are gonna. Killed. The rats are gonna be like to Like, once one animal dies, those rats are gonna be fighting each other to eat that animal. Hey, ten thousand rats is the first pick, and it's not even close. I don't think yeah. I, any of us can fathom how many rats that is. That's that's yeah. ten. I've been in New York City, man. I've seen ten thousand rats. Yeah, and we're not talking like big rats, average size rats. Imagine yeah, if if you can pick away from that. You're not even you don't even want to look at it. They're appalling. They're gross. And, gross. and let me just say this: like, if you can pick silverback gorillas specifically, I can pick New York City sewer rats. Ten thousand New York City sewer rats. You know, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, once one animal dies, though, man, those things are going to be fighting each other. Ten thousand splinters. The pack, the pack of wolves. I like. I thought that was that was that was insightful because they do they do hunt together, and there is uh, there is strength in numbers there. So it was it was a solid pick. I'm going with the fifty eagles. So I agree with Nas on the rats. He threw some shade at the eagles, but like you're talking, I don't know if you know how big an eagle is, and we're talking fifty of these bad Larrys. All right, flying around. They got a very sharp beak. They're doing what you want them to do. All right, this this isn't like, you know, you say, all right, twenty five, take in, take them from the east. Twenty five, take them from the west. I mean, did you see the Lord of the Rings? No, I never watched it. The Blaze, yeah, the Eagles are the heroes. Blaze Jordan said he even been watching it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get some Lord of the Rings. It watch the Lord of the Rings, watch the Hobbit. See what the Eagles do, and and then just get back to me on that one. I don't know. I just like the Eagles. They're not. Yes, it's fifty of them. Yes, they're a really big bird, but they they're not attacking a a lion or a wolf or. Wolves, I think they would. I I think I think you could send two hundred and fifty rats at at a a bull or a bear or a gorilla or a lion, and they would just overwhelm them. And if they were like their teeth are so like big and yellow and nasty. Like they would chew those things up 250 out of my 10,000 stock. Dude. But here's the thing, right? You know how fast Al- I'm, I'm going to throw my alligator justification here again. Do you realize how fast alligators move in a straight line? 
they move, but they can't. It's 40 miles an hour. So you line them up in like in like a star. So you cover the full circumference, man. Bam. They're just they're just going out there and they're taking out like full animals with like one bite and they're low to the ground. You know, you can't wrestle with them. It's tough to get leverage. Yeah, you get well, they might just they might just eat some legs, dude. Just hammering hammering the legs of the bulls and everything. What are they, Dan Campbell? And then the rats, then the rats get confused because the bull's dead. And but hey, left, easy as, sailing here. As soon as the alligators spread out, the wolves are coming from each direction. So if the alligators aren't standing in that circle and just not moving, the moment they spread, they're cooked. They can't they can't turn their head. So like that's when we bring in the gorillas. <laughs> I don't know. The rats are gonna swarm the gorillas. The gorilla gonna run from ten thousand rats, ten thousand master splinters. You can't. All I'm saying is, I'm making a giant wall of rats, and none of those other animals that are trying to attack us are ever gonna see me. It literally, like, I, I'm I'm guarded for at least a day. 10, yeah, 10, I might 000. even go get some like raisin canes or something. Sit yeah, there I'm and have a snack before I join the fray. On that note. Let's wrap this up. This has been another episode of the 90th percentile for Matt, for Jeff, and for uh, for Nazanatella. Thank you for joining us, man. Best of luck this season. And, uh, you know, get out there. Try some of these foods that Matt's telling you to try. Get get one of those cherry Snickers shakes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try Capriatos. I don't know about the shake. I can settle for you trying Capriatis. If you can find it. Yeah, if you can find it. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.